This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Little Pentecostalist Church, December the 9th, 2023. Guest speaker today, Pastor Andy Stovall, bringing the message, Prophecy Fulfilled. We'll start off with the Pine Level Pentecostalist Church praise team. Here's David. Amen. Christmas time's here. If you don't have my gift bought yet, it's time, okay? Bless the Lord. Let's sing joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive our King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Star of Bethlehem. Into the light. 
Amen. You may be seated. You know, as, as long as we got recordings, we still got Thomas Vick with us. This is a song that we did the other night at the uh, Hanging of the Greens. Um, hope you get a blessing out of it because of Bethlehem. Just a tiny nowhere town With a tiny no room in This is where the greatest story ever told begins Where just a tiny beating heart Had all creation leaning in That night the world forever changed Because of Bethlehem It's where a star led to a stable A baby's cry made angels sing And the search to find a savior led To heaven's humble king Where the wise men found the answer The shepherds found the lamb And I found my Emmanuel Because of Bethlehem Born. Hope is here. Heaven's light has made the darkness disappear. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. God with us, all because of Bethlehem. From a child in a cradle To a king upon a cross He knew the road was leading him To pay a crimson cost And when no other arms could carry The weight of all our sin He took the fall and it happened all Because of Bethlehem Born, hope is here. Heaven's light has made the darkness disappear. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. God with us, all because of Bethlehem. From a tomb that left love empty To a father's right hand throne And a promise he's preparing us A place we'll soon call home He who came to earth from heaven Is coming back again And our eyes will see eternity Because of Bethlehem Love is born, hope is here Heaven's light has made the darkness disappear Peace on earth, goodwill to men God with us, all because of Bethlehem God with us 
All because of Bethlehem.
Everybody stand up and go over and shake somebody's hand. Welcome them to church this morning. I hate to stop you from fellowship, and it, it's such a wonderful thing. We almost left the fellowship as much as we left to eat. But thank God for both. Thank God for both. And uh, thank God this morning for the opportunity for us to give and bless Him in giving our tithes and offering this morning. Thank you for your giving, and uh, God will bless you for it. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver, as He tells us. So thank you for your giving. Let's pray. Father. Thank you this morning for this opportunity, Lord, to bless you, Lord, and bless your house and your kingdom, dear Jesus. Lord, bless each individual that gives, Lord. Touch them, Lord. Touch those that can't give, Lord. Be with each one of them. Bless them in your wonderful name. Amen.
How many is ready for Christmas? <laughs> There's several. How many is not ready for Christmas? <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> I tell you what, Christmas is here in now. And a lot of people say that they cannot have Christmas without this song being sung. I don't know why, I have no idea, but this is it. <laughs> I was not planning on singing that song a while ago because we had planned something else, but then Brother Thomas couldn't be here. We had to make some changes and everything. And thank God that we do have tracks made with him. Uh, he is a great asset to our church, and uh, we love him dearly. So y'all keep him in prayer. Um, He's got some little boys that live with him, uh, his grandsons, and as long as children are sick, well, guess where it's going to fall at? It's going to fall on the parents and grandparents. So, But anyway, just keep them in your prayers. I'm going to sing today uh, a song I've sung for years and years and years, but somebody always enjoys it. So, uh, Old Holy Night. Oh, holy night, the stars are... Let's do that again, Joey. When you got canned music, it's kind of hard to pick up on it sometimes. Let's try it again. The stars are brightly shining, it is the night, is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn Fall on your knees Oh, hear the angel voices Oh, night Oh. 
taught us to love one another as law is love and his gospel is peace chain shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we let all within us praise his holy name Christ is the Lord forever let us praise we his power and glory to say I know why people asked him to sing it it's a powerful blessed song when you start singing about Jesus number one and David does an excellent job uh, singing it so thank God for that song 
and uh, Pastor Andy Stobel. I'm going to put you on the spot. I've had little tweaks and little things coming into my ear this last week from little birds and things that said, Andrew Stovall is a wonderful singer. So when you're here the 31st, it's okay if you want to sing a special. We can't guarantee Thomas is going to be here, so you may want to bring you music. But if Thomas is here, he can play it, whatever it is. So we would love to hear you sing, Brother Andy. That's, that would be a blessing. But tonight, I mean, to this morning, there is no need to introduce him again. Pastor, it's a wonderful blessing having you and your family here. Thank God. God bless you. So good to see a lot of friendly faces out here, folks that I've known a long time. Anthony, good to see you this morning. And uh, so many of you that are here, I, Wyatt's probably going to leave with his mom today and go, who was that weird old man? Because I kept talking about how big he's gotten and how much he's grown, which is what is supposed to happen, right? But I'm shrinking, and he's just getting taller, and I said, you are just a fine young man. He said, thank you very much. So, <laughs> but it is so good to be here. What a warm, welcoming congregation. I told my wife last week, you guys were just amazing. Thank you for just the way you loved on us when we uh, came here last week. And, and you came back. That's the other thing. It's raining in eastern North Carolina. It might as well be a blizzard right now. So, you know, I mean, and you're here. And I appreciate that. I thank you for coming as we get into the Word of God. Clint, good to see you, brother. Um, so glad that you and Brooke are here as well. Um, I did want to clear something up. I hope I don't embarrass my mother-in-law. But uh, we were sitting together here this morning. And uh, my mother-in-law is actually sitting beside me today. And she looks uh, very young for her age. Um, but my wife is actually in the blue blazer. That's Kirsten. So I came back after we had our time of greeting and fellowship, and uh, my mother-in-law looked at me. Teal said, um, I think you need to sit beside Kirsten because some people here think that I'm your wife. So <laughs> but um, I'm thankful that you're here, Mimi, and appreciate your support as well. So... Anyway, when service is over, anybody that was confused, we can straighten that all out when we're walking out the door. But um, good to have you here. I want to give my hat off to your technical team, to your worship team, to the choir. I've done this a long time. A lot of you sitting out here in the congregation have done this with me a long time. And we know what those mornings are like when somebody that is key is not in place. And there is a whirlwind of activity, a bevy of activity. Is that the word? Um, that goes on to make happen what happened. Now what we just saw, Brother Mac, was smooth as silk. I mean like butter. But I know, an hour and a half ago, <laughs> it might have been a little different story, you know. So thank you. Can we give them just a, an honor today for all the hard work to make that happen? Because what you just saw was not easy, all right? It took a lot of effort and a lot of work and a lot of planning. We do pray for Brother Thomas, and we do pray for, for his healing, but I thank you 
team for all you did because I know what that took to make that happen and that's not a not a small thing uh, to Pastor Brian and Mary Catherine and goodness Ella Rose just so big and grown I love you guys so I, I remember I was watching um, it was a it was a little Christmas drama we did many 20 years ago called Mr. C's Christmas I was dressed up in a leotard now, I didn't dance, but I was a Christmas caterpillar standing up on the stage. And Mary Catherine was a teenager, I believe, in that program. And so that's how old I am. <laughs> um, but just great memories. But I'm so proud of you guys. You are just doing amazing things. I hear about the the program that's going to take place next week, and Brian's speaking here tonight, and I just love you guys, and I'm so proud of what God is doing in your life, and I'm so honored to be here. For those of you that weren't here last week, I'm Andy Stovall, and I'm just honored to, to be in the house. I worked with uh, Pastor Farrell Hardison for 22 years at the Bridge Church, and uh, just, a, just an honor to serve with him and all the things that that I learned under his leadership and we just continue to pray for him as well and pray for his healing um, so all that taken care of now if I didn't mention your name I love you you know who you are and I'm, I'm so thankful you're here today it's so good to see you but let's get into the Word of God amen are you ready last week we looked at the perfect gift and who is the perfect gift at Christmas Jesus is the perfect gift and this week, what we want to do is look at prophecy fulfilled. Last week, we looked at the fact that Jesus has a desire to bring us into relationship with God. He is the bridge in that chasm between God and man that sin created. And He came that we could have life and have it abundantly. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. That is good news here today. The purpose of God sending His Son. And I, I, I love this quote here. It's to keep us from destroying ourselves and bring us back into a relationship with God. Through Jesus, we can know God, we can have life in and through God, and we can avoid all of those things that, that can so easily beset us. Uh, so I'm thankful for that gift. But how do we know He's the perfect gift? Now, if you look in the Old Testament, on every single page, who do we see? We see Jesus. On every page, 400 plus prophecies of Jesus and His coming, what He was going to do. Those prophecies fulfilled. You can look in Scripture. You can Google search it. They haven't taken that off the Internet. You can Google search that. And I say that, and we kind of laugh. But we live in a day where there are people who would love to take that off the Internet. So you couldn't see that. So you couldn't know the truth. But... We know that Jesus is who He says He is because of prophecy fulfilled. Because of the foretelling that Jesus was coming. We looked at that in the book of Isaiah. All, I quoted it so many times last week. Unto us a child is born. 
Unto us a son is given declaring the deity of Christ, that he is fully man and fully God. And today we're going to look at more of those prophecies that were fulfilled. Certainly not all of them. You don't have the time. You didn't bring lunch, so we won't do that today. Um, the fried chicken will be ready at 12, and I'll try to get you out to get to it by then. But did, amen, Brian said hallelujah. Um, did you know that the odds, let's look at some statistics here. The odds of you being injured by a lightning strike on any given day are 1 in 250 million. In contrast, the odds that the average citizen of Washington, D.C. will get stabbed, poisoned, or bludgeoned to death in the course of a year is 1 in 1,681, which is why we live in Pine Level. Amen? <laughs> 1 in 10 Americans read the Bible every day. 1 in 2 eat out somewhere every single day and one in 20 eat at McDonald's every day mm. got to be something better than that <laughs> in, in Sweden 40 out of every hundred persons are senior citizens and in Fiji one out of 50 those are just some fun facts and interesting statistics so as it comes to Jesus if you still happen to be unconvinced that the baby born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago was anything more than just an ordinary human baby, let me challenge you with a few of the odds regarding his birth. To begin with, did you know that in the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophet Micah, around 700 B.C., out of the hundreds and hundreds of cities... In the scores and scores of nations in existence all over the world in those days designated Bethlehem of Judea. Bethlehem of Judea as the birthplace of the Messiah. He says in Micah 5 and 2, But you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from the ancient of days and about the same time in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 um, there is a, a prophecy that Christ will be born of a virgin it says therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us in Psalm 22, 16, it says, My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. This scripture, written by King David in approximately 900 B.C., when crucifixion had not even been invented yet. That is when that was written. Malachi Chapter 3, verse 1, uh, was penned in 425 B.C. And it specified that the Messiah would be contemporary with the temple in Jerusalem. A temple that was destroyed in 70 A.D. and has never been rebuilt. 
Malachi 3.1 says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek, rather, will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. And if that doesn't impress you, even just a little bit, let's look at Zechariah chapter 11 written over 500 years before Christ and Matthew 27 beginning in verse 3 that was written 20 to 30 years after Christ it says in Zechariah 11 11 so it was annulled on that day that the sheep traders who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord then they said to them if it seems good to you give me my wages but if not Keep them, and they weighed out as my wages 30 pieces of silver. Then the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, the lordly price at which I was priced by them. So I took the 30 pieces of silver, and I threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Now look at Matthew 27. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and went and hanged himself. But the chief priests taking the pieces of silver, said it is not lawful to put them into the treasury since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah and saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him who a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're not convinced after that, there's nothing I could ever do to convince you. But you know there are well over 350 more of those same prophecies that have been fulfilled that bring us to the place that we are today as we lift up and declare the name of Jesus, the banner of Christ as high as we can in the world that we know. And that is why His name and His word and His work, no matter how hard the enemy tries, cannot be and will not be snuffed out by this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. A number of years ago, Peter Stoner and Robert Newman wrote a book entitled Science Speaks. The book was based on the science of probability and vouched for uh, the American scientific affiliation. It set out the odds of any one man in all of history fulfilling only eight of the 60 major prophecies and 270 ramifications fulfilled in the life and by the life of Christ. And they said this, the probability that Jesus of Nazareth could have fulfilled even eight of the prophecies would be one 
in 10 to the 17th power. That is 100 quadrillion. It's that many. Stoner comes back and he does more than double down. He said for 48 of those major prophecies to be fulfilled, that probability is 1 in 10 to the 157th power. Now, I didn't send that to our text today because I was afraid I would lose count of all those zeros that would be behind it. I've never seen a number so big, but that is the probability that Jesus of Nazareth could have fulfilled all those things, and he did every single prophecy. On March of, of some year, several years ago, whenever... Uh, Chaplain Richard Halverson was in the United States Senate. He made this statement, and I'm sorry I don't have the year for it, but this is the quote. He said, the fact is the birth, crucifixion, and bodily resurrection of Jesus are celebrated worldwide by folk of every race, language, and color every year. And believing in Jesus, they have been delivered from the most evil, disastrous, frustrating, debilitating habits and life forms possible. The real problem with Jesus Christ is not that people can't believe in him, but that they won't believe in him. It isn't that the prophecy isn't fulfilled. It isn't that the truth isn't in front of us. It's that the world sees it and refuses to believe it. We talked a little bit about that last week, didn't we? We live in a world where people look in the mirror and see something, but declare something else is there. We live in a world where there is more confusion today about human sexuality than there ever has been that I know of in my lifetime. I know it's been this way before. I know there's nothing new under the sun. But in my lifetime, I've never seen it to the degree that it is today. People living in confusion, blinded by the lies of the enemy, and refusing to believe the truth. That there is absolute truth. See, today, truth is relative. That's what they say. Man, it's whatever you want it to be. Does that work for you? Does that truth work for you? Well, then that's the truth. Let's let it ride. Let's don't, let's don't mess with people. Let's don't bother folks. Let's don't get all hung up on what is and what isn't. And, and you know, let's just let everybody just do what you want to do. And we're fine with that, oftentimes, when it's out of sight and out of mind. But do you know what happens when living that way takes place? It comes knocking on the door of your house. It enters into your living room via your television. And then we get desensitized by the lies that the enemy is telling. The issue is not that we can't believe in Jesus because the prophecies have been fulfilled, it is that we won't. Now, I'm going to set you free on something. When I first 
was called into ministry, Brother Mac. I mean, I was on fire for the Lord. I wanted everybody to know Jesus. If I had to beat it into them, I wanted them to know who he was. And I was just, I was so overwhelmed by this sense of urgency to tell people about Jesus and to let them know the truth and good news of the gospel. And I felt like when I shared Jesus with somebody, if they didn't make a decision in that moment that somehow I had failed Jesus, somehow I had failed my Savior and my Lord. And nothing could be further from the truth. I, I've shared it. Some folks that are in a small group that I'm in, I, 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 we've talked about this recently, that, that God has not called us to uh, connect with somebody and quote-unquote finish the deal. He's called us to garden. He's called us to be gardeners in the kingdom. I heard a, a testimony of a, a guy who was on a plane one time and, and he was flying with this fella. And maybe this will help you understand what I'm saying. He's flying beside this guy and, and, and they're talking and he starts sharing Jesus with him. And then the little uh, bell goes off and, and they tell you to fasten your seatbelts back on and you can't go to the bathroom anymore because the plane is landing. And, and, and he goes, well, sir, it was very nice to meet you, Dean. Captain comes on. Thanks for flying with us today. Have a wonderful rest of your day in whatever city it is that we landed in. And the fellow leaves. And the guy says, God bless you. Have a wonderful trip. I'll be praying for you and your family. And the guy that he was telling the story to said, wait a second now. That's it. You just told him a little bit about who Jesus was and what he did in your life, but you didn't, you didn't take him by the hand and, and make him repeat after you a prayer to, to accept Christ, and there's nothing wrong with doing that, but he didn't have time to do that. And he said, look, that wasn't my assignment that day. My assignment that day was to unashamedly declare who Jesus was in my life, was to tell this man what God had done in my life, and then, in a loving way, send him on his way. There was a seed in my bag that I was supposed to sow. But it wasn't my job that day to see that it was watered. It wasn't my job that day to see that harvest reaped. It was my job that day to be faithful in taking that seed out of that bag and sowing it. See, all, here's why I share that with you today. Because a lot of times we put pressure on ourselves to the degree that we do nothing. We're paralyzed. Because we're like, I can't do that. I'm on this plane. People may look at me. People, there may be somebody on here that knows my past. And they know what I've done. And they know where I've been through. Who am I to tell anybody they need to come to Jesus? Who am I to tell anybody that their life isn't heading down the right path? All we're supposed to do, guys, is declare the good news of Jesus. That's why we're set free in the book of Romans when it teaches us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That the ground at the foot of the cross is level. Ain't nobody better than anybody else. 
We all need Jesus. We all need grace. No matter how long you've been in church, you need Jesus and grace. Amen? Every single day. Billy Graham. All the 90 plus years that he was on this earth, every single day of his life, he was arriving in his relationship with Jesus. He didn't ever arrive. Until he took that last breath. And then he was present with the Lord. Does that make sense? I'm sorry, I got off script. That wasn't even in my notes. So that's just a freebie. Um, so we see the prophecy. And then with that prophecy comes this proclamation that Jesus is God, that he is the Messiah. That's what the prophecy fulfills. But the question that so many ask is, was he a good man or was he God? Is he who he said he was? The Bible teaches us in Luke chapter 2, verse 29, and I don't think I gave you all that passage, um, but maybe I did, I don't know, because <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> uh, I know I didn't give you all of it, it says, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Wow, what a promise. He's not going to see death until he sees the Messiah. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, and he blessed God, and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel and Jesus father and mother marveled at what was said about him see the proclamation was made Simeon was told you're not gonna die until you see the Messiah and the Spirit of God came on him, and he said, this is the Christ child. In the best-selling book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis explains that it makes no sense for anyone to call Jesus a moral teacher while denying that he is God. It's called the Lewis Trilemma. Have you ever heard of that? Some of you probably have. A trilemma is a difficult choice between three opposing options and only one of the three answers can be correct. You know what the trilemma says? That Jesus is either a liar, that his conclusion uh, maintains that Jesus was not God and he knew it but he purposefully lied and said he was God to deceive people. He's a lunatic. His con this conclusion maintains that Jesus was not God but he was crazy. I mean, think about a contemporary that you have living today. 
that just showed up one day and said, I'm Jesus. I'm the Lord, you know. Um, or he is Lord, which maintains that Jesus is God. He is who he said he was. And that proclamation we can stand on most assuredly because of all of the affirmation that we have in Scripture over and over. And it's not because I'm telling you. It's not because I'm so smart. It's not because I know. I see what the Bible teaches and we have we have the prophecy to back it up. And again, like I said last week, a prophecy that's 99% true is what? Not a prophecy. It's a speculation. It might be a good idea, but that ain't prophecy. 100% without fail, without a doubt. And that's what we have in Jesus. So we have the prophecy, we have the proclamation, and then we have the proof. What is the proof of these prophecies? Yes, Jesus came. He lived. He walked on this earth. But the proof is in the miracles, right? That we see Jesus perform. I have it down a little further, but can we go to Jesus' baptism? Because really, that's the beginning of his public ministry. And that's a, that's a tremendous proclamation, but it's also... Uh, quite a, a miraculous thing when you think about it. I think we gloss over it sometimes when we think about the baptism of Jesus and what that was. You know, I, I looked it up because I've heard different people say different things about how far Jesus walked. And, and, and the argument of, of that distance goes from here to there. From You know, he, he came uh, from, from the Galilee region and he walks down uh, to, to Jordan and it's 40 miles, some say, some say it's 60 miles, some say it was 150 miles that he walked. The distance isn't the point. It was a long way. And it was a several day journey. Because most people got around that day by walking. How many of you are thankful that we don't get around today by walking everywhere we go? One of the most precious ladies I've ever known that we just celebrated her life. She went home to be with Jesus last week, Miss Minnie Williford. Um, I was talking to her one day. She lived to be 96. And we were talking about the good old days, Miss Jenny. And we were talking about how wonderful those days were. And she said, let me tell you something. I'm living in the good old days because I got a microwave oven. I didn't have a microwave oven 60 years ago. These days are the good old, that's easy. I mean, I can throw something in and have it ready in about three minutes. And I said, that's, there's a lot of wisdom in that. You know, that's pretty cool that she recognized and saw that. But, but she lived in that time, and, and I don't know why I shared that story with you. But anyway, you've got that too for free. But Jesus' baptism was a tremendous miracle. Because it says when he was baptized by his cousin John, that, he, uh, that the, the sky opened up, and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and God spoke and said, This 
is my beloved son in whom I am very well pleased. Now, I don't know. Maybe you guys have been walking around in the woods somewhere or hanging out at the coffee shop in Princeton or in Pine Level or wherever, gone over. Whoa, I about fell off the step there. Uh, <laughs> <woo. laughs> Got Got to allow for the curve there. (laughs) But I've never had the sky open up. And God make a declaration like that. That's a miraculous thing that God did. The sky opened up and he said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then... He goes off into the wilderness, right? What is that foreshadowing? You remember the ark? You remember 40 days and nights? And what does he do? He goes off into the wilderness. 40 days and nights in preparation for his earthly ministry that would begin and and then we see miracle after miracle after miracle we see him calm the storm we see him walk on water Peter witnesses this Peter recognizes God he recognizes he's in his presence he discerns Faith over foolishness. Peter gets out of the boat because Jesus was in the storm, right? You want to go wherever he is. You want to be in the midst of his presence. Water walkers connected on a deeper level with God. When we see where he is and we say, God, I want to go and I want to be where you are. And we begin walking out on that water and we begin trusting Him at a level that we never have before. And then we, like Peter, begin looking around going, oh, I'm a little further out than I was anticipating here. About like me almost falling off them steps a minute ago. And Jesus says, you had enough faith to step out of that boat. Here you go. I got you. I got you. Miracle after miracle after miracle that we see Jesus perform. Jesus healing the paralytic in Luke chapter 5 verse 17. Man, you want to talk about a great small group? A great Sunday school class? You got four friends that believe enough in who Jesus is that they come and get you and maybe you ain't about it. Can you imagine? I've been paralyzed my whole life. Haven't been able to walk. Haven't been able to do for myself. I'm dependent on others for everything. And I got these four guys, they're friends of mine. They come up and they say, hey, we're going to take you to see Jesus. Now we got the benefit of hindsight which allows us to see 2020. We know what's going to happen. He doesn't know what's going to happen. Would you imagine in his humanity that he might have 
heard those friends coming and they said, hey, this is what we're about to do. And he might have looked at them and said, you know, today's just really been kind of a bad day. I ain't feeling it today. I didn't sleep real good last night. I need to take a nap. I just, I don't know. Guys, that's a long way. I don't, I don't want to put you out. Maybe we're not the paralytic, but have we ever done that? You know why we do that? It's not because we're tired. It's not because we don't want to put our friends out. It's not because maybe we're just feeling a little bit under the weather. I think we do it because we're afraid. We're afraid it just might not happen for me. We fear being rejected. We fear a host of things, but what fear does, and it's why the enemy uses it in our life, is fear, and I said this a moment ago, it paralyzes us. And we say, I just don't bother. But see, when you got four friends like he did, you know, they're, they're the kind of friends when you go out to a seafood restaurant and you got a, a shellfish allergy there, they make you eat shrimp. I mean, they're those kind of friends, you know. It's like, no, you're going to love it. It's going to be different this time, you know. But they're that kind of, they're insistent, you know. They're not going to take no for an answer. I won't make you eat shellfish if you have an allergy. I'll just eat them because that's more for me. So, um, but they take up this mat. And they begin carrying this friend. They carry him to Jesus. And you can read it. We're, we're running out of time. But they, they bring him to the house. And you, you've read the story before. They lower him down through the roof. And he's before Jesus. And, and Jesus sees the faith of those friends. Yeah, maybe it was his faith too, but I believe it was the faith of those friends that got Jesus' attention. He's like, man, these guys don't care. There's a big old crowd of people here, and they are going to push through them. They don't care who they make mad. They're going to get to Jesus. They're going to jump out of that boat and walk on the water. They're going to do whatever it takes. To get him there. And he gets before Jesus and Jesus looks at him and he says, Your sins are forgiven. Wait a second. <laughs> kind of looking for something else. He says, that's the most important thing. Your sins are forgiven. Now, take up your mat and walk. I blew my knee out. There are several people in this room that were around when all that happened about 11 years ago. I wasn't really walking freely without crutches or anything for about four months. 
And I remember going to an orthopedist, my surgeon, and I remember um, after we had done, I think I'd already had both the surgeries that I was going to be required, and, and I was finally getting to the place where it was like, all right, it's time to put the crutches away. And he looked at me, and he said, walk to that door. Now, that door was as far away from me as I am from the corner of that stage right there. And I remember this, this feeling of angst and concern. And I think probably all the color in me just went, whew. And I got that clammy, sweaty, you know, I already have white coat syndrome anyway. And I, so I'm already dealing with that. And now I'm like, ah. I mean, and I've walked for 42 years, Mac. And I remember my wife was right there with me and I remember looking at her and looking at the doctor and this is exactly what I said to him. I said, I don't know if I can do that. And I was being honest. I was like, I, I just, I can't make that foot go to that place. And then I took that step and I looked like, you know, you ever seen a newborn giraffe? You know, they, they come on, they're just everywhere. I mean, I think about that experience, nothing like what this man experienced. Can you think? Can you imagine what must have been going through his mind? And he's standing up and getting his bearings, and then he begins to walk, and then all of a sudden he's able to, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We haven't even touched on the blinded eyes. That we're made to see. Oh, all of the things, all the miracles that Jesus performed. The proof that he was who he said he was. The problem is not that we don't have the prophecy fulfilled. It keeps us from being able to believe the problem is we won't. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you have a family member. We're about to get together with people we hadn't seen all year. We're going to gather at Christmas time. And they may be gathering for very different reasons than what you are. You're remembering the life of Jesus. They just, they like turkey, you know. Mom and Daddy made me come, see cousins I don't know, and sit at a table with the kids, right? All the cousins, y'all love that, right? I remember when I was the cousin, 12 years old, sitting with 20 other people, and I'm like, I know three of you. <laughs> I'm trusting you're my cousin, because they all tell me you are. So. But we're coming up at Christmas. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. But there may be people in our lives. It may be you. And you're carrying. Or trusting in. Or dependent upon. A mat. In your own life. And Jesus is saying to you. This Christmas season. Your sins have been forgiven. 
up and walk. Stop living the way you've been living. Doing the same old thing you've always done. Getting the same results. What is your mat here today? Is it a temper you can't control? Is it fear? An inability to trust? Is it a need to be in control? A lot of times we have trouble trusting Jesus because we got to be in charge. And he wants us to do this right here. Because you ain't never going to have enough money. And you're never going to have enough stuff. You're never going to have enough power. You're never going to have a big enough title to give you what Jesus can give you. Maybe it's an inability to speak the language of the heart. Maybe you're mad as a terrible secret of some awful thing that you did long ago and you still feel guilty about it. Whatever your mat is, maybe your mat is pretending you don't have one. Maybe there's a crutch that you have and you just, you don't let the world know or Maybe everybody in the world knows except you because you're not willing to acknowledge it. I don't know. But this Christmas, maybe this Christmas can look different. If it's not us, it's somebody we love, maybe we can point them to the one who can help them see beyond their own frailty in their own weakness that they cover up with self-assurance and cockiness and that they will come to Jesus humbly with all of their weakness and frailty exposed and say, God, do in me all that you want me to do. I acknowledge your sovereignty and I admit my frailty. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the question this Christmas is, do you know him? Have you trusted him with your life? Do you believe that he lived, that he died on the cross, and that he rose again victoriously from that tomb? Do we believe that? Chuck Colson said, I know the resurrection is a fact. He was a part of Watergate. He said, I know the resurrection is a fact and Watergate proved it to me. How? He continues, because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten. Everyone tortured stoned, put into prison. They would not have endured that if it wasn't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world and they couldn't keep a lie together for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep a lie up for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. Hmm. Do you know him? If you do this morning, let's proclaim him boldly. Let's lift up his name proudly. 
And let's tell this world about the greatest gift they could ever receive this Christmas. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the prophecies fulfilled. We thank you for the proclamation of who you are. And we thank you, God, for the proof that we see through the miracles you performed. And you're still working here today. God, we, we celebrate with Buddy what you did last week as he went to the doctor and has, been, has had a wonderful week this week, not dealing with and battling with AFib the way that he had. We've, we've been a part of, of people's lives if they, as they have uh, seen cancer completely eradicated from their bodies. God, whatever it is, Lord, we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. But the greatest miracle of them all is that one that is lost. That one sheep that went wandering that now is found. So the question here this morning, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, and we're so thankful for those that have tuned in, is do you know Him? Have you received the greatest gift, the greatest miracle of them all? And that is life in Christ, a newness of heart. Not a, not a heart that is, is just mended up a little bit, but made brand new. That is what redemption is all about, making you new, a new creation in Him. Do you know Him today? Have you, have you kept him at arm's length because of fear? Because of mistakes you've made? Whatever you've been running, whatever you've been making excuses, I pray that today would be that day that it ends. On December the 10th, 2023, no more, no more. Today I say yes to you, Lord Jesus. If that's you in this house, if that's you online, before this day ends, tell someone. If you're here in the sanctuary in earshot of my voice, come see me. Come see Brother Mac. Come see the leadership of the church. Let them know the decision you made for Jesus. Because we got tools and resources we want to put in your hands. Pastor Brian wants to walk with you on a journey. God, I pray that we would be bold enough to stop resisting and say yes to you, God. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the promise of your word. Thank you for the impact of your word. For lives changed and homes restored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Mac. Would you stand with me and we'll be dismissed? God bless you for being here. Uh, thank you. And made a you know, God bless you with the word today. I think about miracles. And you know, God's got a miracle for each one of us today. And God's already provided miracles in our lives in the past. Uh, we all have testimonies. You know, I, I tell people, encourage people, 
to share those testimonies. They encourage all of us, even me, even though I love the Lord. When you share your testimony, it blesses me. So let's share our testimonies this morning of all the things that God has done in our lives. It will encourage others and bless others. You know, I, 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 someone, uh, well, over the years, people talk to me about witnessing. You know, how do you approach somebody? What, what if, I said, the first thing I would do is talk about how God has been so good to me. Talk about how God has been so good to me. God bless you. Thank you. Be with us tonight. And uh, as Brother Brian speaks to us tonight, we'll be over in the fellowship hall. We have got cushions for the chairs now, so it does sit a little better in there. So please be with us. And all the young people will be here too. They'll be doing their thing with the youth group and everything. And I think Mary Catherine's going to be handling that tonight for Brother Brian. So uh, let's uh, thank you. God bless you. Father. We thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Lord, thank you for your words of encouragement that, Lord, you live on the right hand of God today, Lord. You are his son, Lord. You are the miracle, and you're just waiting for us to look to you, dear Father. And we thank you for that, and thank you for every day when we don't even know it, you're with us, Lord. And we thank you for that, Lord. Be with each one of us now. Lord, be with us, and let us all remember the holiday season we're going into, Lord, that it's all about Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Lord, and help us to share with someone how much you love us. In thy name we pray. Amen and amen. The Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.